Hi, I'm your host, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. And while you have tuned in to Inner Light with Ellen, I am doing that thing where I bring you an episode from my other show, The Pause on the Transformation Network. We're diving into the inner voice today. I hope you like it. Welcome to The Pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy. Life can be demanding and most of us get caught up in the busy go, go, go. But there is great value in taking a moment to pause and reflect. Constant momentum does not always equate to forward momentum. And I'm here to teach you how to take a strategic pause so that your next step is purposeful and in the direction of your goals. Develop self-awareness and skills that improve your ability to walk through life with intention. This is the path toward a more balanced, fulfilling state of being. Take a beat and then take action. The pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy, starts right now. Hi, welcome to Inner Light. No, this is not that show. This is The Pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy. Um, this is what happens when you decide to start too many projects and you have a couple things running at the same time. Um, we're here today, and thanks for joining. This um, I'm on Transformation Talk Radio on second and fourth Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and I'm always so excited when um, you can listen in. This week's show is a little different. Um, it's going to be super freeform because um, sometimes it's just a little bit of the uh, stream of consciousness, but the stream of consciousness I'm thinking of relates to the last episode I did around um, the noticing of your inner voice. And it felt worthy of a part two because in that previous show, if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen, or um, I'll just give you a quick summary um, for right now, because it's certainly not a prerequisite, is that our inner voice um, sometimes can sound like us and be disguised in our voice, but is not actually anchored in our truth. And there's this level of um, attention and discernment that can help us start to unpack what's actually true. And what I mean by an inner voice that isn't necessarily ours, but is using our voice. And so it feels very familiar and sounds like us is actually the, the training unconscious subliminal training that we have had um, throughout the bulk of our lives, reinforcing beliefs. And because we have experiences either being successful or not successful within them, they become our own. And an example of this could be, um, and oh, another thing I talked about in the last episode was how often um, the voice that a parent will use with a child can become that child's inner voice as an adult. And so the example, so here's the better way to do the example. The example could be between two children, two different families. And in one family, the parent is using a voice like, oh my, I can see that your little sister is really unhappy having been hit on the head. That's not a great choice to make. Let's talk about it. And in the meantime, I'm going to help you move your body away from your little sister so that it doesn't happen again, because that's disrespectful of her body and is not a good choice to make. So that's parent one. And that was like parent one in a really Zen moment of parenting, noticing maybe the older child had bopped the younger child on the head. Um, super common in families, super common in siblings, nothing wrong there, but that was one way to approach it. And in the other family, let's say that that same scenario happened, older child, younger, younger sibling, and that parent said, bad boy, you are such a bad boy 
for hitting your little sister on the head. Shame on you. And that's the consistent messaging, right? So punitive and attacking and character. Now, I want to imagine the voices of those two children as they turn into adults. One child, if you'll notice that parent really used a tone of talking about the behavior, talking about the behavior and what happened removed from the character of the child, because a child who is, I don't know, who's bopping their little sister on the head. It's someone between the ages of like three and seven, probably right after seven, you'd really hope that it would have been figured out that this is not a respectful thing to do to another person's body. Please don't do that. Um, they have more ability to do logic and reasoning and understanding of consequences at that point, especially when you get to the older, of course, older child rearing ages. But um, in that in that formative time, the character forming of a child telling them if they're good or bad in terms of how we parent is going to shape their inner voice. It's going to shape how they view themselves in the world. And um I have another example of how this works too on the flip side, but um, that character development is critical on the adults in our lives. And so the one that's been told, oh, I see you made a choice to hit your sister on the head. That's not safe for her. I'm going to help you move your body until you can control your arms so that you don't do that, right? That is empowering that child to know that they have choice and the ability to make decisions. And it didn't attack them at all as a person. It did let them know that they did the wrong thing, right? But it did not tell them that they were bad. And obviously in the other scenario, that child was told that they were a bad person. And in my imagination for this scenario, they're three or four years old. They're really young and they can't actually go around committing, you know, grand larceny yet and making really bad choices to confirm their badness in the world. They're just acting out because kids are in bodies and as they're growing, they're figuring out how to be in a body. And when they're frustrated, they don't often have the language. And so they act out. And that's really critical to teach them in terms of a developmental perspective from a parenting perspective, but where I'm looking at it also from an inner voice perspective. And so you have, you have a scenario where you might have two adults and one adult might now let's take those same children. Let's make them 35 years old now. And there's one who was kind of blamed and punished their whole life, every time they acted out. And now when they walk around in the world, they may have an inner voice rooted in the fear of making people upset and then blaming them for being bad. And so they may have a whole range of ways that that manifests. They could be really withdrawn. They could be excessively people-pleasing, or they could be really, really angry and belligerent and wanting to go prove their badness, right? Like it depends on the character innately of that person for how that voice manifests, but none of those are strong inner voices that can support them. They're all inner voices that got internalized that said, I always got told I was bad if I did this, this, or this. So I can't do those things if I want to be seen as good in the world. And then if there's the character of a person who feels that they can never do good because of that internal belief system, they may just continue to make the choices to reinforce their badness because they don't believe that they deserve to be good. Now I'm leaving into the terrain of like, therapeutic interventions, right? So I'm just trying to illustrate the development of an inner voice and the child that was given support or not blamed as a character, but, you know, critiqued on their decisions, right? 
and not even that, just observational statements. Ouch, that looks like it really hurt your sister. I'm going to help you move your body so that your arms can hit her again. Things like that. That child might grow up going, I'm in charge of my actions and my responses to things. And I have power over them. And they're not associating their choices with whether or not they're a good person. They're allowed to have their own personal judgment, right? And I... I totally get that I'm creating two very discrete scenarios and expecting them to like maintain consistency completely, like in a perfect picture kind of way. And I'm doing that to illustrate the concept. I don't think that any of us has all one or all of the other. I think that every parent did the best that they could, hopefully, mostly. And um, all of us as adults have different sort of like layers of inner voice that some of it is our own and in our truth. Like if we really did get supported growing up and we're not attacked for our character, but maybe corrected for our behavior, we may have a clearer range of what um, our inner voice is telling us. It might be more our own as opposed to the person who had been really punished perhaps um, may have a very negative inner voice, a lot of negative self-talk or a lot of negative self-beliefs that they were never allowed to experience themselves fully because they were told so often what they were to another person. And that is really important. And I have a flip side of what can happen if you actually do character development in the wrong way. And I think a lot of times um, this can unintentionally backfire. So let's say that there are, again, we're going to go with kids. Why not do it? There's two kids and one of them, they're both working on like a puzzle and let's say they're five years old. And they both figure out the puzzle, right? Like they get the puzzle done. It's totally age appropriate, like whatever. And one group of adults or parents comes to the child and says, oh my, you got that done. You are so smart. Good job. And then the other child um, gets their adults around them and the adults go like, wow, I can see you worked really hard on that. Do you feel really proud of yourself? That was a good effort, right? You see the difference? One is the character. You're so smart, special. You did a great job. Feels completely harmless. And then the other child, good effort. I can see you worked hard on that. That must have felt good, right? Observational statements about what happened and the adult taking a guess at how they might be feeling, which is okay, right? So actually on this one, there was a researcher at Stanford that did a test on this and found that after doing those two things with young children and then offering them the opportunity to try a more difficult puzzle, one group of children pursued it with joy and curiosity and interest. And one group of children said, no, they didn't want to do it. And I'll let you guess, but if you guessed that the child who was told that they were smart and special did not want to do the harder puzzle, you are right, because they did not want to take on a task that was more challenging that would ruin the belief that they were more intelligent or more special or more or smarter, more smart in the world. And the child that was told, good job, that was a good effort, that must have felt really good to push through that challenge or to take on that task. They're the ones that were not afraid of trying something harder because they were able to be in the behavior and not having to prove and affirm their identity. 
And so this is something that um, has been shown through the research that uh, by middle school, so kids who are praised in the way that, oh, you're so smart, you're so gifted, you're so talented, and who are affirmed in character enhancing ways, they tend to peter out in middle school and high school when stuff is actually challenging because it's threatening to their identity and they actually don't go as far as opposed to the kids who are encouraged by behavior, tenacity, working through a problem and, you know, being encouraged to try hard things. They're the ones that keep going. And so, yes, there are likely differences in sort of like the native intelligence of a child. Some kids are sharp and fast and some kids take a little time to work through it. But the way that we help them model their inner voice around their ability to do hard things helps them grow. And then as an adult, the inner voice of a person who was told they were smart, but they can't meet challenges in a way that they are supposed to because they're smart, because they've never gotten to build that muscle, they can be incredibly um, self-shamed or feel incredibly um, like they're failing constantly because of that sort of misshapen thing. And then there's an inner voice for them that says, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. This isn't great for me. And again, on the other side, the child that was encouraged to, um, yeah, like let's work through that problem. They just might have a, an attitude or a self-driven purpose. That's like, wow, I can really do that. It's super fun to work on those kinds of projects. Again, I'm creating sort of two perfect picture ideal scenarios for what one can turn into. And again, we're likely more the blend of whatever that was, because we all have had different adults in our lives, different school systems, different teachers who probably did a whole mix of those kinds of things in our lives. I, I highlight them and I illustrate them here because it's how our inner voices might be showing up for us as adults. And I, if you are aware that you do a fair amount of negative self-talk or you punish yourself, I actually did an intuitive reading for a very sweet gentleman. And he said, there's something about the fact that when I go to bed at night, if I can't fall asleep right away, I start to go through everything I've ever done wrong in my life. And I really start to punish myself and I have terrible self-talk. So first of all, I was really impressed with like the level of self-awareness and that it wasn't good and he didn't like it, but he does it. He's like on autopilot with it. And I looked at it intuitively and I could see the picture, right? Cause I read energy. I could see the picture for where that kind of patterning had began. And I could see where he was in like a spiritual growth period for his truth and I saw some pictures for what his next steps were to start a, to sort of start to heal his, his inner self-talk. And that was really interesting to me and, and kind of prompted me to talk about it again today because it's something we can all do because there is no one person on the planet that I have met. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but there's not one person on the planet that I've met that has had a perfect parenting experience um, as a child and are, if they're themselves parents, they know that they're not the perfect parent. I am not the perfect parent. I have two kids. And I think about this constantly though, because I want to do my best to ensure that the develop, uh, development of my child's inner voice is as authentic and true to their own abilities as it is, because I am never going to tell my child if they are 
that they are good or bad for something they have done. I am always going to praise or um, I'm always going to praise choices that are positive. And I'm going to talk about choices that have um, had detrimental effects in a non-shaming way. Like that's my goal. And the thing that is nice is that we can do that for ourselves as adults if we're ready to take on that journey and we want to work on our inner self-talk. And there are some ways to do that. And the first part of it is really catching yourself inside of the talk. And this kind of relates back to what I talked about in the last um, episode of the show around the movie that I had watched that kind of inspired the the topic at the time um, called Violet. And Violet uh, came out last year, and it's about a woman who is realizing that the committee in her head is not actually her real voice. And she starts to defy it because she doesn't want it to run her life anymore because she sees that it's outside of her truth. And we get intonations in the movie that the, the formation of her inner voice came from a really punitive childhood. And she's working to get herself extracted from that. And it's a nice film because it's very visceral. They do a really good job with lighting and sound and um, effects that overlay it to kind of give you the sense of what it feels like when negative self-talk starts to come in and be punishing and what happens to the body and what happens in response. And we see her start to break through it because she's catching threads of who she really is that have been hiding for a really long time. And I found it to be so similar to some of my own experiences in my life that it's really prompted kind of a boost in talking about this for the past couple of weeks. And so That is one way is just the starting to notice, especially if it's punitive, especially if it's recycling bad thoughts, especially if it's attacking your own character in your voice, in your mind, start to recognize that it might not actually be your truth. It may have been formed and shaped through the best intentions of people who cared for you in your early life, who didn't have the psychological background to understand childhood development and identity formation to know that the way that they were speaking to you was contributing to something kind of painful or giving you more praise than was healthy so that you didn't feel safe to take on a challenge where you were allowed to fail or make a mistake. Starting to notice that can be extremely helpful And it's hard to catch it in the moment. And so sometimes when I'm working with my coaching clients at the very beginning, I always have them develop a practice because it's not a requirement, but I am a daily meditator and I know, oh yeah, meditation is the answer. Like it's always there, but it's very simple to say. It's very hard to do. I work with my coaching clients directly to develop a practice that works for them. There is no one perfect meditation style, mindfulness practice, social, emotional learning Um, effort, but bringing in something of that effect to start to notice things that are coming up when they don't work is what I always do. And it helps to start to identify the underlying patterns and energy getting in the way they're underneath the level of the story, right? Like talk therapy, I think really works through the story first to start to recognize the pattern. And I try to get really under it because I'm not doing therapy. I'm doing energy identification, pattern identification, and then helping to coach into the pattern that 
I see and that the client tells me they are wanting to develop. And we work together in that way. And a lot of times there's a self-talk element or a belief element about themselves that needs to be pushed through because it isn't real, but it has felt real for such a long time that they can't see around it. And that's why it's very helpful at times to work with someone else who can see for you and with you, the thing that you're trying to identify, what's the size and scope of the block in my life? What is it really? And it's really fun to help people start to discover the roots of it and to unplug them so that they can, that they can move forward. Um, today's episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter because that's about the bulk of it. I'll share really quickly that um, you can get more information about my services if you're interested in connecting with me and working with me at ellenwyomingdeloy.com. And my coaching is a blend. Um, I do use my intuitive clairvoyant um, capacity in it. I might use it to help facilitate identifying energy and patterns, but then it's really the coaching conversation that works together to move forward. If you are interested in just a reading and you just want to get a spiritual hello to something you're going on in your life right now, you can also find um, my services and links to book at my website, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. I really thank you for tuning in today and I will see you next time um, on the pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. Thank you for being here on the pause. Whenever you are listening and wherever you are listening from, I hope this time gives you some space from your day to reflect and gain some insight into where you're going and how you can make your next steps count. If you're really looking to jump into your personal growth journey, schedule a free consultation with me and learn how my coaching can help you to start taking meaningful action in your life today. Visit ellenwyomingdeloy.com. See you next time.